This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from experts across the U.S. Ringler Associates, celebrating 35 years of successfully helping injured people and their families. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us today. Well, all too often, plaintiffs accept a lump sum settlement that is sadly squandered in a very short period of time, leaving plaintiffs and their families often in financial ruin. So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to stress the importance of a structured settlement by bringing you a real-life catastrophic case that ended with the claimants receiving a guaranteed, reliable, and sustainable source of income, thanks to the efforts of my co-host and our special guest. Well, my co-host today is Bob Caples. Bob is a Ringler associate, charge of the Houston area office in Sugarland, Texas. His background includes more than 20 years of legal claims and structured settlement experience. Bob, welcome to Ringler Radio, and uh, I think Sugarland is probably the coolest name of a town I've ever heard. I love that town. I hear that often, Larry. It sounds a little bit whimsical, but we like it down here. And uh, thanks for having me on the program today. Ter- terrific. Well, our special guest today is Randy Sorrells. Randy's a partner at Abraham Watkins Nichols Sorrells Augusto and Friend of Houston, Texas. Randy's a board-certified personal injury and commercial litigation attorney with extensive experience in wrongful death and catastrophic injury cases, including head, spinal cord, and burn injuries caused by accidents ranging from commercial truck accidents to explosions. Randy was also recently recognized as one of the top 100 trial lawyers by the American Association for Justice. That sounds pretty impressive, Randy. Welcome to Ringler Radio. Well, thanks, and thanks for having me. Terrific. Well, Randy, uh, you and Bob were both involved recently with a catastrophic injury case involving a mother in her 40s. Can you tell us what happened to this uh, mom? Talk about her condition, her family, something about her financial status before the accident. Give us a background. Sure. This was a, a woman who, at age 48, was married, had an adult child who also had a child, and had a minor child. And she was involved in, a, in an automobile collision that rendered her quadriplegic. Mm. Uh, at the time, she was working, uh, gainfully employed, as well as her husband. And her adult daughter with her granddaughter were living at home. So she was actually helping to assist in the uh, caretaking of that child. And with this catastrophic injury, obviously she became the one in needing of care. Mm -hmm. And through the process of the litigation, uh, we were able to to get the matter set up to be settled. But the intricacies of the settlement of this case were were fairly significant. And uh, with Bob's help, we were able to address a whole lot of the needs for this family. What was her financial status before the accident? Uh, before the accident, she and her husband were gainfully employed. Uh, her adult daughter was uh, going to school, and of course, their minor son, who was 11 at the time, was also in school. Uh, so they were doing fine, uh, average American family. Randy, uh, can you tell us when you did receive this case, what were some of the special needs that jumped out to you that needed to be addressed financially? 
Well, obviously, they lost her income uh, immediately upon upon the injury, and she had a fairly lengthy hospital stay along with a rehabilitation stay. She also started to get government benefits uh, soon thereafter, and uh, with those government benefits, they bring along their own host of uh, complications. Ultimately, we knew she would need to be cared for for life, uh, and that's what our plan was, was to try to uh, get the money put in a proper uh, vehicle Mm -hmm. to make sure that in the event her family uh, themselves were were uh, killed in a, a catastrophic event or just left her that she would be able to be taken care of in a quality uh, with quality care the rest of her life well Randy as you evaluated her situation what were some of the uh, financial needs that weren't quite as obvious to you when you started out what, what did you learn well and, and I've done a lot of these cases uh, and I've seen all of these situations at one time or another. They just very rarely come together uh, in one particular plaintiff, and they did in this instance. Uh, the government benefits that she was receiving we did not want to end because they provided a significant amount of uh, medical uh, needs for her. Was that Medicaid? Medicaid was mm-hmm. able to to come in and uh, start paying for some of her medical needs, but Medicaid doesn't pay for all of the medical needs that you or I would want for our loved one. So we wanted to provide for some additional uh, medical care, uh, some additional assistance at home that relieved the family of having to serve as the main health care provider on an hour by hour basis and uh, have someone who was actually trained who could handle all of the medical issues and the safety issues. And that's one of the things I don't think people realize. The family certainly could have put her into what you and I might call an institution, Mm -hmm. uh, into a nursing home, but that's not what any of them wanted uh, for her uh, during her life. They wanted to provide the care, but they wanted it to be done as safely as possible by people who were were trained with uh, the proper training. And this is not a family, either the 11-year-old or the adult daughter who ultimately had to move out or her husband who were who had medical training to do. So uh, so that was our one of our biggest concerns is to make sure she had proper care. Randy, when was it that you realized that a structured settlement would be best for this family? Well, as a quadriplegic, uh, you, you don't worry necessarily about some of the things that I worry about with other clients who who uh, receive a large amount of money. And by, what I mean by that is, and most of the listeners are familiar, that a structured settlement uh, provides a, a, as guaranteed as possible payment out over time that has some significant tax benefits to it. From our client standpoint, uh, I, I request all of the uh, major cases that settle to at least consider it because the other part of the structure is that there's a very high percentage, I've heard anywhere from 85 to 95% of the folks who get a large amount of money, unfortunately, uh, spend it away within about two years. And uh, most of people with the, the best of intentions uh, going into it, but the money's gone. So I, I knew she wouldn't be spending it away uh, as a quadriplegic, but I also knew that she needed uh, a steady stream of income to cover the monthly needs that would go along with providing the medical care uh, she needed on a daily basis. You know, what's interesting, uh, Randy, is even though she was a quadriplegic, we had a case where there was a quadriplegic, 
And that individual was able to use a computer. And with that computer, and they took a lot of their money lump sum, with that computer, they actually went online to a poker site and ended up dissipating tremendous amount of the funds, even though they were typically, like you mentioned, not someone who would be going out and throwing their money around. In today's environment with computers and online uh, things that they can get involved with, shopping, gambling, et cetera, it's very interesting to uh, to protect that kind of person just as well. Well, that that's a very good point. And uh, I'm very straightforward with the clients to say that one of the advantages of a structured settlement is to protect uh, protect them from themselves yes. because uh, when they receive large amounts of money, they also receive large amounts of friends and lots of business uh, opportunities that very rarely pan out to something profitable. And uh, most people who are who are thinking level-headed will at least consider diversifying their recovery to to uh, put a, a guaranteed payment stream in there. Well, tell us about this particular set structured settlement. How was it organized? How did how how did the benefits flow out? Well, I'm going to let Bob talk a little bit about that. Okay. Just because uh, what we needed to accomplish were several things, and how we got it accomplished, uh, Bob quite frankly coordinated all of the different experts to uh, to bring the settlement to a place where uh, the family was protected. But go, why don't you go ahead, Bob? Yeah, and Bob, when, when you talk about the setting up of the structure, uh, also talk a little bit about, because of Medicaid's involvement, whether or not a special needs trust was involved in this case. Sure, I'd be happy to, Larry. Uh, and as Randy has said, this case presented a whole host of circumstances that we needed to take into consideration. Beyond, uh, frankly, as, as Randy also said, uh, some of your more typical cases. It, it, it seemed as if this one had the whole cornucopia of all the elements that one might potentially face uh, throughout a career kind of combined into one case. Um, as Randy also mentioned, you know, the family uh, needed to have some additional home health care beyond the limited amount that she was uh, receiving at the time. Uh, they also wanted to protect and preserve uh, the settlement as best possible for the two children, uh, you know, the, the adult daughter and the minor-aged uh, son. And, you know, right from the beginning, we recognized that there was a need for a special needs trust uh, in order to protect and preserve the Medicaid benefits mm-hmm. that she was uh, receiving at the time. And so accordingly, what we did was we brought in and consulted and worked very closely with an elder law expert that really helped us to draft and review the appropriate trust documents just to make sure that we were uh, on the right track mm-hmm. with what we needed to do to comply with all the regulations that really fall into place when you're talking about a special needs trust. And that also meant that we needed to work really closely with the uh, trust representative to ensure that we had sufficiently allocated the client's net recovery between what would be needed to seed the trust to address both, you know, immediate and, and midterm needs and other things that uh, we, we could take care of through the trust, but also then, um, you know, find that uh, amount that would be left to also adequately fund the structure, uh, which the structure itself would then feed into the special needs trust. And, and Larry, as you probably know, there's... Um, some regulations, uh, particularly the what is known as the Deficit Reduction Act of 2005, or I guess in our parlance, we refer, refer to it as the DRA, 
that regulates the way in which we have to set up the structure payments when it uh, involves a special needs trust. And, it, and, you know, the DRA tells us that we need to uh, set up the payments that have to be in equal amounts during the term of the annuity with no deferral and no balloon payments. And there's some other regulations that we have to be mindful of when we when we're trying to set these up. Um, then we also... Um, we had to plan and craft the appropriate allocations for the seed money going into the special needs trust and what went to fund the annuity when payments were uh, pursuant to the DR regulations. And once we had done that, and once we knew we knew that we had established the DR uh, the special needs trust, commensurate with what uh, the client's needs were, and commensurate with what we knew the regulations to be. Uh, we're satisfied there. We then turn to providing a secure tax advantage structure for her 12-year-old son, mm-hmm. who was also a plaintiff in the case. And this family um, was extremely uh, concerned and very, uh, you know, very uh, determined that their children had a good education, and it was no different when it related to their 12-year-old. So we worked to set up an annuity on behalf of their son that is going to provide him with five years of college funding with a uh, a significant lump sum that's going to be paid out when he's 25 years old, in which we all felt um, at that point in time he would be uh, fiscally mature enough to handle a larger sum of money that would also hopefully help to meet perhaps a milestone event such as buying his first home and or getting married. And then lastly, we look to um, address uh, the adult daughter who, as Randy mentioned, had a young child of her own, um, and she really uh, embraced the idea of having a structure that would provide her with the security of predictable payments coming in while she was raising her child. Um, and then, as we always do, we took these annuities and we shopped the markets that provide these structures to ensure that we were replacing the annuities with companies that provided the most competitive payments for each of the type of plans we were putting together for the individual family members to, you know, optimize and enhance uh, what they'd received through the settlement. Well, you know, Randy, uh, it sounds to me like what Bob did, I mean, the thoroughness of all that uh, he in, got involved with is is exactly what every lawyer needs to, to deal with with these catastrophic cases. Uh it sounds like uh, having a quality, competent, structured settlement broker in the case is uh, invaluable. Well, I think in this instance, Bob, was uh, more so than some other uh, brokers that I've seen because there are, are so many uh, structured settlement people who will, will really recommend that as many dollars as possible be put in uh, to the structure itself because of a variety of reasons, whether it's for the protection of their of the claimant or... Uh, for protection of the money from creditors, but in this instance, there was a legitimate concern because of of the, our client's condition. She might actually not outlive her money, and uh, instead of putting it all in, we put in some better seed money to make sure that her immediate needs were met, that she had some of the luxuries in life that uh, she could use, such as a nice van, a better house, some of the technologies that are uh, available to uh, victims of accidents such as this. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the very sad ending to this story is that our client passed away just a couple of months ago. Wow. Uh, but that being said, the last uh, year of her life, through Bob's help, was uh, as good as it could have been for both her and her family. And now her son and her daughter are going to get the education that, that this family really wanted to ensure they had, and which frankly wouldn't have been possible were it not for the recovery made in this case. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the uh, husband in this particular instance was able to spend more time with his wife during this time, not just providing medical care, but providing a, a husband-wife relationship while others who were trained in the profession uh, provided the medical care. Interesting. Hey, Bob, uh, given that you know your, the client actually d- demised uh, recently, some of our listeners might wonder, as the money was flowing into the special needs trust, either the seed money or the structured money flowing in, upon the death of the claimant, uh, what, what happened to those funds? Uh, was Medicaid repaid? Uh, were there liens repaid? What, what, tell us about that. Yes, uh, Larry, that's a good point. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, we, as we do in all cases, we, you know, we have to, we have to follow the strict rules and, and regulations again that are complicit with the special needs trust and these DRA regulations that I mentioned. And, uh, as a part of that, there is a stipulation within the, uh, the regulations that upon a death of uh, an individual, um, monies have to be repaid to Medicaid. Uh, any outstanding liens or expenses that uh, Medicaid put forth have to be repaid from the trust. And so we were, um, we had, you know, those, those requisite language included in all the settlement documents and within the annuity products itself that would accommodate uh, upon death first taking care of uh, both the Medicaid liens and through the help of the trust minister and the elder law attorneys making sure that estate taxes or if any uh, existed would be taken care of from the trust as well and then whatever remainder portion as Randy mentioned would go to the family. Well you know it's interesting this particular case and as I learned more about it through conversation with you here today uh, it almost seems like the ideal example of uh of all the things that can go on with the structured settlement and, and, and how the expertise of the people involved in it uh, play such a big role. Bob, in general, how does uh, a claimant's overall health and life expectancy play a role in planning for the settlement uh, as, you, as you put things together? Well, Larry, as you know, uh, these structured settlements afford us um, a lot of uh, flexibility and uh, they, they, they give us some tools to which we can utilize, again, with the ultimate goal of toward uh, optimizing uh, whatever net recovery they get for the long term. And one of the tools that we often use when it comes to a uh, claimant that is uh, interested in a lifetime stream of payments is to examine uh, what that individual's uh, particular health condition is. And I have to say that it does not necessarily whatsoever have to relate to uh, the injury at hand that gave rise to the litigation. Sure. We take a, uh, a much broader overall look at uh, their health history. And if we find that there are 
conditions such as uh, heart disease or high blood pressure or live, uh, liver, lung uh, problems and or, uh, you know, they might uh, have a, a smoking problem and or, uh, you know, an, an excessive weight problem, whatever uh, factors. If we pretended to wear the hat of a medical underwriter that was reviewing those medical records, that would suggest that that individual may have the potential for a reduced life expectancy. We try to uh, gather and accumulate uh, the pertinent medical records, and then we send them to the very medical underwriting uh, departments of these respective life insurance companies that offer the structured settlement annuities. And we ask them to take a look at it, and we ask them to uh, evaluate and render their opinion as to whether indeed in their estimation, uh, it could cause the potential for a life reduction. And we do this because once we get those uh, opinions back, we're able to uh, then input uh, their what we call substandard rated age opinion into uh, our programs when we're trying to plan out a lifetime scenario. And uh, it's a it's an excellent tool to enhance what uh, otherwise their their reoccurring uh, lifetime benefits would be because um, these life companies, as you know, being in the mortality risk business, would look upon, let's say, a, a, a 48-year-old male who's otherwise healthy and say that uh, they're willing to pay X dollars per month over her lifetime for X dollars. But once we've uh, factored in a substandard rated age opinion, in their view, uh, they, that particular uh, individual poses less of a risk of how long they'll live. And so accordingly, for the same X number of dollars going into fund the annuity, they're actually willing to pay out more. And what we certainly um, tell our folks is that uh, really, this is uh, just kind of guesswork on everybody's part, and their job is to live as long and prosper as they possibly can. But we certainly want to use those kind of bits of information when we're working towards optimizing their settlement. No, no question about it. And you raised another good point there, Bob, that uh, even though the claim may be a broken wrist uh, and therefore no life-shortening uh, kinds of issues would come to mind if that person has uh, other health issues, diabetes or uh, overweight or whatever, uh, that's someone who potentially could benefit from uh, a substandard age rating and provide greater benefits. So that's a good point you raise. Well, let's take, a quick, right. let's take a quick break right now, but we'll be back in a minute with lots more from Randy Sorrells and Bob Caples on this very interesting case. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for 35 years. Ringler Radio is celebrating its sixth year right here on the Legal Talk Network, produced by broadcast professionals. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in the settling of physical injury claims. Experience counts. 
Over 23 billion in structures benefiting 166,000 injured individuals and their families. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. My co-host today is Ringler Associate Bob Caples from our Houston office. And our special guest today is Randy Sorrells, personal injury and commercial litigation attorney from Houston, Texas. Randy, could you help explain to us why structured settlements are really appropriate for cases involving catastrophic injuries and what factors do go into your decision when you're making that? Well, certainly the first and foremost factor is to make sure that the uh, the victim, our client, is cared for for the rest of their life. And sometimes, uh, as in this case, their life isn't as long. But our job is to make sure that they're taken care of, care of if they outlive their life expectancy. And uh, that can be a, a, a difficult task at times uh, when you try to evaluate what the needs are and then what the other family elements are. For example, in this instance, Let's talk about structured settlements in general. Any type of significant injury involving a minor child, even if they are not the uh, original victim, in other words, they're they're the derivative claimant, you really have to consider, if the child's going to get some money, the opportunity to send the the child to college. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the, the cost of college and what their expected rates are for children at different levels, it's astronomical. And so our first hope is if we can provide the child education, then hopefully they can use that education to provide for the rest of their life. Uh, th- that's the first thing. The you, second you, thing you, know, you know, Randy, one, one of the things I noticed that Bob did in your case, uh, speaking of college, is rather than the typical four-year college education, he went with a five-year uh, college education. I think we're finding these days that more and more students are taking that long to complete. Is that, is that what you're finding as well? Well, I'm finding it, yeah, the answer is yes, absolutely, but it's not necessarily the student's fault. And I will give you an example. I have a daughter who's going to school out in California Mm -hmm. because of their budget reductions. She may not be in a position to take classes that she needs to take on a particular semester because they're not offered because of their budget reduction. So it may not be the child's fault. Interesting. There are a lot of other factors in there. So I think it is prudent if you're considering a structure for college years to put it for five years. I also think, just one other suggestion, don't think to start your payments uh, on an annual or semi-annual basis at the wrong months. 
we typically start uh, college in late August, early September, but the colleges want their money sometime in July mm-hmm. or for the spring semester sometime in December. So I think it's also important that you you fund uh, the college amount at the proper time so that the money's in the child's uh, account to pay for college when the colleges want to be paid. There you go. Very good. Very good advice. Now, as to the catastrophic injured person, it's just a, it's a very uh, it's a very educated process that I rely upon the professionals like Bob and uh, the underwriters behind them to tell us, okay, where can we get our client rated from an age standpoint, and. Uh, we use our life care planners to try to determine how much their medical needs are, and we use our economist to try to predict or project what the cost of those needs will, will be in the future in present cash dollars. So it truly is a team approach, uh, all of uh, all of uh, which consists of people who are not lawyers that really help make these very important decisions, um, the life care planner, the economist, and the structured settlement expert, Bob, in this instance. And I'm sure that uh, Bob's always looking for key pieces of information from you to help him, you know, come to some conclusions uh, about how to best set up the structure. And uh, that's the job that all of us in our business look to you as the attorney to to help provide us with. And that's always a very important uh, back and forth to make sure this information gets correctly uh, distributed, don't you think? It, that, that's true. And I think one of the mistakes that plaintiff's lawyers, which is what I am, make uh, more often than not, is to, they may know a structured settlement person, and they may even think that the day before mediation uh, or the <laughs> settlement conference, they should call that person up and ask them to come to mediation. But to truly appreciate all the benefits that that, uh, that, that financial planner can offer, my suggestion is call them up much sooner, earlier in the case, and let them start to digest the medical situation and get it to their experts so that you can go into mediation or your settlement conference uh, fully educated as to where you might get an age rating and, and uh, how much yeah. benefits you can receive. Well, that's very good advice. Uh, so finally, Randy, how do these tragedies, these cases, I mean, Bob and I are involved in cases all the time where, where it's just tragic. And uh, how do they affect you Personally, really, uh, both as a lawyer and as an individual, as a human. Well, as a lawyer, you you uh, you too tend to see a lot of these, and you recognize that uh, death and catastrophic injury are part of everyday life. And sometimes you get hardened, and then you'll see a story like this one, where we really got close to the family and ultimately lost uh, the wife and the mother. And you realize how fragile life is, uh, and sometimes that that's lost upon us when we. We're dealing in car wrecks and products liability and medical malpractice cases. In this particular instance, uh, we did a compelling video about the family. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to know this family. It was a big loss for, for everyone. It makes you want to dig in and do a, as good a job as you can for the next client that hopes you get a result like this. You know, uh, very well said. And, and I once had a plaintiff attorney tell me that uh, you're always, there's always going to be tragedy like this in life. And every day you hear about these horrendous uh, incidents. And he always said that the one thing you hope for is that once you dig into this incident, you hope that there's enough insurance coverage to help these people. Because a lot of times these incidents occur and, you know, there's nothing there behind it 
to, to help pay for these uh, horrendous incidents. So uh, a little bit of that goes a long way to making all of these plans work well for them, including the structured settlement piece. But uh, there needs to be funds available to make that happen. I, I completely agree. All too often uh, there are uh, victims who have no ability to make a recovery against anyone, and they ultimately uh, come to be on government benefits, which certainly cost all of us uh, money. Yeah, and no question. Well, any final thoughts, uh, Randy or Bob, uh, before we wrap up? Well, I'll go first, and I would say this. I've been doing this for a while. This was one of the most complicated settlements that we've been through. Uh, We had done all the hard work to develop the case. We put it in the hands of Bob, and quite frankly, since then, uh, he has uh, been the master puppeteer of getting all of the parts moving in the right direction, including after her death, the the folks who are uh, on the trust side are taking care of the government issues that are available or, or that are presented to them and to us. And it's been nice to have a, a team of competent people behind us to do the job. Well, that's quite a testimonial, Bob. If, and if someone wanted to get in touch with you, Bob, how would they do that? Well, thank you, Larry. And thank you for the kind words, Randy. And uh, like you, I know, um, and Larry, and really the folks that, uh, like ourselves that when we find ourselves in these kind of catastrophic situations with a loving family that we're looking after and trying to do our best for, uh, there is a sense of gratification that you can derive from the hard work to feel ultimately like you've done your best to turn a bad situation into something that's at least more tolerable and can give them some relief and uh, it was certainly a, a privilege to work with Randy on this case, and uh, I'm quite appreciative of that chance to help this family along with Randy. Um, as to where I can be reached, I have both a direct toll-free number into my office, which is 888-381-5729. And then locally, I have a number 281 937 9090, where folks can get a hold of me. And how about you, Randy? How do how do folks get a hold of you? You know, it's probably best through our toll-free number also. Our firm has been around for, uh, we're starting our 60th year of celebration around here. Uh, and it's probably easiest to reach us at our 800 number, 800-870-9584. And uh, we're, we're in Houston, but we do a lot of stuff throughout Texas and other states uh, in the nation also. And we're, we're, we pride ourselves on being willing to assist people, which includes lawyers, uh, not just to joint venture cases, but just to bounce ideas off of. And if they want to know more about this, uh, don't ever hesitate to call. Well, that's good information. And for all of you out there, uh, to reach any Ringler Associate, Bob, myself, or any of them, uh, go to ringlerassociates.com. The website will lead you right to uh, any office you need uh, help with. And uh, if you want to listen to these Ringler radio shows and get a lot of information like you did today, ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com. You can actually uh, download to your iPod or listen right there as an MP3. Whatever, which, Whichever way you want to do it, it's available. Well, anyone, anyone out there that wants to hear more about this, those are the places to go. And in the meantime, I want to thank you, Bob. Thank you, Randy. And thank you all out there for listening. Now go out and have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. 
its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. In its sixth year on Legal Talk Network with over a half a million listeners, Ringler Associates, where experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in physical injury claims. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.